This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, M. Sprasta. Hello. Hi, how are you? I am fantastic. What is going on? Um, Not much. Uh, we just watched the USA get knocked out brilliantly. It has really picked my mood up after a brutal weekend of rugby league. It really, really has. I was at the live site in Darling Harbour, a couple of thousand British Americans. I started a piss take USA chant after they lost. I didn't like that. Um, freedom, but, freedom. Oh my God. Losing in like the most <laughs> ridiculous fashion as well. It was just great. A real mood lightener uh, ahead of what is no doubt going to be a somber affair. And if people are new, ish listeners, show M is our resident Melbourne Storm expert. And I did give her the option when I was making the little roster up for these. I said, do you want me to tentatively put you down for this game? And if the Storm get pumped, I can get someone else. And she said, no, I'll do it no matter what. Ride the lightning. And uh, yeah, you've ridden it all the way to... Uh, to a loss. <laughs> yeah, a bad one at that. But um, yeah, we'll get to that game in just yeah, a second. Yeah. We will have to start with the first game on Friday, and that is the Gold Coast Titans 18, the New Zealand Warriors 28. And of course, the Gold Coast playing with 12 men for 65 minutes. <laughs> and really, um, like a big flashpoint. And given what we saw in the other games this weekend that we'll get to later, like a very interesting reference point that was brought back at multiple points in pretty much every other game, given what we saw. What did you think personally? My first thought was, thank God I didn't do the preview show because I didn't have to talk about the Roosters Manly game because of the absolute clusterfuck that it was. And then somehow (laughs) the Titans managed to outdo it as they always do. And uh, I, I didn't, I didn't realize that I was going to get a worse game. Let's put it that way. Uh, it was a mess. Somehow the send off is back. Somehow crackdowns are back on the menu right, right at the right time. And I thought the game was clunky and really, really messy. And the amount of times I yelled "jail" in this game should yeah. honestly be a crime in unto itself. Yeah, I, I really like. I just, I can't. I can't get on board with it. Like there was honestly three or four worse tackles this weekend in other games oh. than <laughs> than the one that resulted in a send off for Mo Fodawaker in this one. So, like, yeah, for me it was just very strange. Like, because uh, uh, you know, like sometimes, right? There's other ones in mm. games, especially when the arm is swinging. Uh, mm. Like the Nathan Brown one, for example, I thought was a send off, and like people go off, 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 and. We, we didn't really even have like people sort of lightheartedly going off, off, off for this one. Everyone was kind of like, oh, yeah, it's probably going to be a sin bin. And then I was just shocked when when the when the finger went up from the referee and said, get out of here. Yeah. I mean, I think I think at that point the game was kind of out of control. And I, I use that term tentatively because I find it a bit funny when people criticize the referees for mm. too, many, too many penalties or too many bins because they only have so many tools at their disposal, yes. right? Um, <laughs> so I find that funny, but... It all was because he didn't bin Randall for the first one, mm, right? Yeah. That Mo, it, it it compounded to a point. So really, I think both of them were probably bare sin bins. I don't think one was a penalty and one was a send off. Mm. But I, I think he kind of played his own hand there and, and got left with no choice. So so harsh, but I mean, kind of, I, I don't want to say it evened out the result, but like he... He had to compensate for the other one, if that makes sense. And that's yeah. not how it should be, but it's exactly what ended up happening. Yeah, and I think that, like, 
you know, we, we we look at what the Warriors have done so well this year, and it's you know, it is their forward pack that's just been mowing through teams all the time. And we did say last week that no Tino was going to be massive for them. And I think we actually said that mm. Mofo would have to have a really big game if they wanted to match it with them in the forwards. So he, once, he had too big like, of a game. He did too too big <laughs> of game, too much game. But yeah, like of all the players they could have lost, he's probably along with along with the feeder, like the worst guy they could have lost in that situation. Because at that point, not only are you a man down, you're losing your best middle forward. You've already mm. lost. You already don't have your other really good elite middle forward because he's not playing. And you're playing against a team that has just feasted on bad forward packs all season long. And I thought that well, even though, you know, even though the Titans did fight gamely, they did get the first, they did end up getting the opening try. But I did, I did feel like it was a matter of time until the game caught up with them. And it did take two late tries. And I honestly, I'm shocked they hung in as well as they did, but it always kind of felt like it was only going to go one way after that decision. It's just Johnson's year, isn't it, really? Like as soon mm. as he, he saw an opening, he really took it with that game. And there were a few other key moments that stood out to me, like um, uh, that pass from TWZ when uh, he had three defenders on him and he still flicks it away. Like absolutely just insane behavior. Like nobody should be able to do that, but that's just the kind of year they're having at the moment. And just absolutely feasting on on Gold Coast. I don't even want to call them defensive mistakes. They were just yeah. defensive yeah, somethings, that, that, right? Like they were just he's, standing there. He, he's there. He's literally like it's. It, he's literally got three Titans hanging on, on him, and he somehow finds the the offload back to Johnson. And then yeah, like I, I I was a little bit surprised that they didn't go on with it at that, that point. I really did think it was going to be one way, but this I suppose is not. The Titans aren't quite as tightening now as they have been in the past, I guess. And they actually did show quite a level of resolve and, and, and steel, I guess, to, to not get blown out in this game. And, and honestly, like it was kind of no, I don't want to say there for the taking, but like they could have pinched this in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. I think if, if it hadn't compounded the way that it had and they, they didn't have the send off, there wasn't, there was a world where that game could have gone the other way for them. Mm. It was close enough, but I think, the the Gold Coast, uh, sorry, the Gold Coast. The, the Warriors are just a little bit too good at the moment, and they know they've got that that mentality at the moment where they can just pull together a victory, and it doesn't quite matter how you know. Like even Tohu Harris crossing for his first try of the year, you know, just showed up when it mattered. And yeah. um, I I I just thought I thought that they you know they just got it done, and sometimes you just need those kind of victories towards the end of the year where you just it wasn't pretty, and it wasn't necessarily like a, a performance that we're gonna yarp on about for years and years to come, but it was it was good and it was you know job done kind of thing. Let's move yeah. on to the next week. And I guess that is the mark of the team they want to be, and, and that is a good team if you can not be at your best and still still get a result. That's that's how. That's how the good teams of the past have have done it for years and years and years, and that might be that 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 might be the trajectory they're on for the rest of the season as well, because 100%. they don't really face a lot of tough tests between now and the finals. And I think that yeah. given given the sort of the losses to to Souths, Melbourne, the Cowboys, like they're they're almost locked into a top four spot now, and so they're at the very least going to be getting a home final in in week two or week three. It maybe not, and probably mm. not in week one. I don't think they're catching Penrith or. Brisbane, but yeah, they they look pretty locked on for a top four finish now, and, and that is just a tremendous result in a season that really none of us gave them a great deal of of prospects. Really, if you look back, yeah. I think they had them fifteenth or sixteenth. So, yeah, and if they had a more challenging run home, they might slip a little bit, mm. but they've done enough to get them yep. to themselves to this point. And you know, you 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 can't criticize them for that. You got no, to, you, of course, not. you earned it, right? 
So, yeah, it wasn't the prettiest, you know, I would have expected more points against the Gold Coast, you know, but they are that inferno of unpredictability where they just, you know, you never know what's going to happen with one of their games. So I think to get out relatively unscathed with a win, Mm. you take it. Yeah, the Warriors are a strange one too. It's like they, you know, they lost to they lost in Melbourne. They lost uh, they lost to Penrith. They lost to Brisbane when Brisbane didn't have like a great deal of their Origin players. They lost to Souths at home again when Souths didn't have a few of their their best players. Like they're they're really they're like their big wins against the top teams were by a point against Canberra, which feels still feels ridiculous to call Canberra one of the top teams. And when they, <laughs> yeah, and when they stretch. <laughs> And when they shellacked, <laughs> and when they shellacked Parramatta, who again didn't have Moses Gutherson or Regan Campbell Gillard in that game, so yeah, they're they're just taking care of business against the teams that they're expected to beat. And then I'm really excited to see what they do in the finals because they're not a team; they haven't really faced one of those tests in in a while. I think really like they they like near 15 years, really, mm-hmm. like from yeah. when they were. Yeah, ultra, yeah, yeah. Ultra yeah, 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 yeah. Like you had those couple of like teams that had like little runs in the early 2010s, but nothing like. Well, they they McIntyre Melbourne out of yeah, the finals exactly. one year. Yeah, um, that's all I really remember. And ever uh, since then, I don't I don't remember anything too too dominant. But I mean, yeah, yeah look, they've they've earned it, and they've they've been playing you know good quality footy. They get the job done. Johnson's having a year. We all know it. Um, I'm just trying to toe all the lines that Campo would tow if he was. Like, you mentioned so, Tohu Harris. Tohu, that's all that matters. Tohu Harris fan club. And yeah, it's Sean yeah, Johnson's we, um, year. My is he is he my husband in this situation? I I can't keep up with what Campo's relationship to Tohu Harris oh, was. I think they're just good friends. I don't think there's anything paternal. Oh, yeah, he's got. Nick they're Cot- not dating. Cottridge is in the family tree, and as is, I believe, Corey Horsburgh. Corsby Horsburgh. So I yeah, think so. I think I think him and Tohu are just are just mates. So oh, okay, cool. Well, well, as a as a third wheel in that in that bromance, well, you can also, I'm um, sure he'd be your friend. I'm sure he's a lovely fella. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, let's move on. Uh, yeah, it's not that I like. I don't like. I like Penrith a lot more than most neutrals do. I find their <laughs> I find their fans online much more obnoxious than the team itself. If you get me, like I don't really begrudge them being as good as they are. I don't really dislike any of their players either. I, lo- I like the way they play, but I am, this game was kind of like a real eye-opener as to just how little I feel like anyone except maybe the Broncos can challenge these guys this year. Oh, yeah. In my opinion, it's one and two, and then it's everybody else. Mm. Like, I, I bear with me, people. Uh, yeah. Apologies in, in, in advance. To say that this is a bad year for Melbourne and we're fourth, you know. So mm. I mean, but you know what I mean when I no, say that. I right? agree with like, you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're fourth, but we're we're fourth with absolutely no chance of winning it, kind of thing. And it's kind of how I feel about most of the teams that are occupying, you know, fourth through to tenth yeah. at the moment. Like, yep. I agree. It, it's the peloton of mediocrity in the middle, right? Mm. So the other two are in a breakaway, can't be caught, and um, and we're all just playing for pride at this point. So. I uh, look. I don't actually hate. I can't believe I'm saying this. I don't actually hate the Panthers that much either. I wish I hated them more than I did. Um, and I think the rivalry between Melbourne and the Panthers has been blown up. Um, you know, out a bit out of control over the last couple of years. Mm. Ever since that 2020 Grand Final, right? Yeah. And realistically, that 2020 Grand Final was the last time that the two teams faced each other full strength. Mm. Um, you know, this game didn't have Jerome Hughes and Xavier Coates. Not that Xavier Coates is, you know, that's a whole other thing. But, you know, <laughs> we did have 
<laughs> we did have players missing. And last time we played them in Penrith and won, I don't think Nathan Cleary was playing. And then the time before that was at Magic Ground where we got absolutely towed. Yeah. And then I don't and I don't think Munster was playing. So th- there's always someone missing in order to make me think that these games aren't as amazing as they are always, you know, touted up to be kind of thing. So mm. I don't, and, and as a result, I don't have the hatred because I never really feel like we get the best of either team. Um, you know, the scheduling is just incredibly unfortunate that every time we play each other, it's not quality in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it's bizarre. Look, and I, I get what you're saying 100%. I do agree with you. Like, you do have different expectations for your teams, like, depending on who you support and where where, where that club is. And, and you know, Melbourne mm-hmm. have never really had a lean period in, in the time that you've been supporting them. And that's not, that's that's not, I, and I, I think you're very appreciative of how good they've been. You're always pretty aware of oh, the no fact doubt. that, like, the salad days aren't going to last forever. But at the same time, it is frustrating when you go from being on tier one to being on tier two or maybe even tier three. I don't know. But, Oh, yeah. my head would explode if we ever if we ever got the wooden spoon. Like my, yeah, my head I, would literally. I can't even imagine. A, like, well, I I mean, I believe you already have a couple of wooden spoons, but uh... oh, one. <laughs> oh, it's weird that you don't celebrate that like you do your trophies. Weird. <laughs> um, oh, but... <laughs> you should have had me on last week. Oh, you should have had me on. Oh uh, no, I needed them. <laughs> I know that that monologue would have been quickly interrupted. I think, but yeah, it's just it's just funny because like I again like I, I bear them no ill will, but it's just like. They're so dominant right now to the point where, like, yeah, I didn't even think they were that good in this game. And you just looked up after it went from being six all at the what the twenty five minute mark, and you look up after fifty minutes and it's twenty six six, and the game's over, and you're like, "Well, what the fuck well, just happened?" Yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a what the fuck just happened. But I mean, realistically, if if the Panthers were really the ultra dominant, unbeatable team that I think a lot of people are painting mm. them out to be, they should have won that game by forty. Like Melbourne were absolute sitting ducks. You, they could have done a lot more than what they did, and that's the only thing stopping me from thinking that they are the undeniable, unbeatable, you know, immovable. But see, force. they've done that for this this whole time. They've been good though, bro. Like, they've only scored fifty like twice. They don't do this. They just take the foot off the gas against teams. Like that's just what they do, and it seems to but have they, worked out fine. They never, for them. they never really even put the foot on the throat in the no, first that's, place. It's, that's true. It, it it really felt like Melbourne fucked it more, more yeah. than Penrith. Took a hold of it, yeah. if you know what I mean, and, and I it's... and I really I don't mean any ill, you know, no no beef, no gripe to any fan of the Panthers or anyone who's appreciating what they're doing this season. I just there as someone who has seen a team win and win dominantly and win in such a convincing mm-hmm. fan, m- manner, I don't see that in this Panthers team at the moment, and that's the only thing that makes me think that they're infallible. Yeah, and the the fuck part is we're talking like the this <laughs> we're trying to find weaknesses in a <laughs> which, team that just which one. Wins every week and just yeah, beat yeah. like beat the team that's third favorite at the sports book by twenty and did it very very comfortably. Yeah. But all right, um, what so were you most disappointed by the for, this, yeah. for this from from a Storm point of view? Um, like uh, you're always going to be up against it in this game. I know. Like I think we said in the previous show that it was like honest to god the first time I can ever remember in my life the Storm being four dollars to win a game of rugby league. But what yeah. in particular were you frustrated by? I mean, they barely had a sniff. Like, they didn't complete well. They barely had the ball. But, like, is there anything in particular that stood out to you that really needs to be fixed before the finals? Well, I I kind of feel like the season's already written, you know, mm. in that sense. I don't think I don't think that there's too far, um, you know, really for the Storm to, to lift, if you know what I mean. I think we've kind of already seen our ceiling this year. There are games that we're going to win, um, you know, 
luckily or unluckily, you know, coming into the finals, but I don't think it's going to be because we're that classic dominant storm team that we have been in previous years. Um, I think it's going to be coming up against a hoodoo team or something like that and getting the job done kind of thing. But um, so in terms of things that need to be fixed, there's a lot of them. Um, You know, I I just, I think, um, you know, Naz out on the edge has been a lot of fun, but Mm. it would work. It would work a lot better if our middle was a lot tighter than it is. He's there because we need him there, not because we want him there. And that's never necessarily a very good position to play from. Um, Poor George Jennings gets back for one game after a horrific knee injury and then does his MCL. Like, yeah, just, and then, and then Tyron 40 kilograms when ringing wet Wishart has to play on the wing and it's just not a good time, you know? And, and I like Jonah Pezzett, don't get me wrong, but, you know, he's not Jerome Hughes. And no. I know Jerome Hughes, like, I, I am alone on Hughes Island. I know that. but um, No, he's you know, a really I, good player. I just think Munster is better. That's the only argument oh, we've ever had about that. He he is better, but but Hughes, for me, has a consistency that Munster mm. is still no, that's totally fair. That's definitely kind of not at, you know? And they complement each other great. And he wasn't Beautiful here Beautiful combination. Game. 100%. Um, you know, it, it's it's like... It's like the old days of like Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker, right? Yes. Like one, one is one is flamboyant, and, and one we is and we saw when Adam Reynolds out of that team, and they had Cody Walker and Luke Keery together. How well that went, yeah. and the answer is not very. And yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. You need you need a little bit of one and a little bit mm. of the other. Two of the same doesn't quite work. So, you know, I think I think it's just not Melbourne's year in that sense. And and I, and I mean, the middle for me has been the weakest part. You know, I agree. The outside backs are. I said I said on the preview show, like start of the season, that I thought Melbourne had a, a ten out of ten backline, and that was with the caveat, like if they were fit, kind of thing, and with no Pappenhausen. If I told you you would have a backline of Meany, Warbrick, Seve, Tonomapia, and Wishart for a game against Penrith, you would be like, no. <laughs> there's there's no universe where we could have imagined that happening, you know? Exactly. So, so so huge grain of salt and huge mm. like if. And so, but well, yeah, of course, know, assuming just... that Pappenhausen was going to play and Xavier Coates was like the guy that he can be if he's playing well, and that Justin oh, Moore or... was playing at his best. Like, could he give us one game that he gave Queensland? Like, just one, mm. <laughs> like, please. Yeah, you know, like, can you take one of those specky marks? Hey, for I live, us, I live through Origin Gagai, mate. You're you're now living yeah. through the Origin Coats. It doesn't Our get Origin Coats. But then, yeah. to be fair, Origin Gagai did turn a corner and did have a couple of really good years at South. So maybe it's coming for Xavier. Yeah, yeah. I just think. Um, you know, this year Melbourne's attack has been really mm. right edge oriented. You know, and um, it's at it's had the added benefit of negating the left side attack in most opposition teams that we play against. And I think, um, you know, without Hughes to move the ball um to the right in combination with like Nick Meany, um, the attack just essentially becomes entirely focused around Munster and and his ability to float out to the left, middle, and right kind of gets affected. You know, and the other thing as well was that Adam G holds a lot of teams like. 10 meters in very, very loose terms. Mm. So Melbourne being able to take advantage of that is is severely reduced when we when we play to his whistle. So I just think there was like too much on one side for Jonah Pezzett to kind of control and the skinny 10 meters enforced against, you know, yeah. the Panthers the Panthers basically meant that there was little to no space for for um Harry Grant to really, you know, play with, and then nothing really for for Munster to build back off. And then when you account for the fact that we had 33 percent no matter how no matter how well you defend no matter how no matter who you are like if you have a third of the ball it's, and it's like you can't win football games you just can't you you could um, have you could have like the the kangaroos essentially and yeah. if you 
have a third of the ball. You yeah, won't so win the game. Like it's unfortunately it's just... just how it is, you so know. Have... What's so and that, was that... that was errors, yeah. really. So yeah, 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 of course. It's obviously that's obviously when possession counts are that lopsided, it's almost always self-inflicted. But mm. so a guy that I really liked for the storm at the start of the year was Eli Katoa before his injury. So he's it's his second game oh, yeah. only played only played half an hour in this one. Like he was obviously an yeah. eight-minute player every week up until and I understand that the, you're working him back bit by bit. There's only a second game back. But in a game where Trent Loyero plays 80 and he only plays 30, it's kind of I would be kind of a little bit frustrated by that if I were a Storm yeah. fan. But I'm like, maybe, hopefully, for, for your sake and for Melbourne's sake, in the next couple of weeks, he gets back to being the 80-minute player and finally Nas can go back to the middle where he's just such a better player. And honestly, I don't think you guys can make any noise in the finals without him in the middle. He's just so important to everything that you do there because Welch is having a great season. I don't think, yeah. I don't think King has sort of repeated how effective he was last year. And... Yeah. Like obviously, you lose those veteran guys to the Dolphins, and like some, you know, mm. It, mm. it is what it is. We we get that, but yeah, I think that without Nas back in back in the back in the middle, it's going to be really tough for you guys to stand up to the likes of Brisbane or Penrith, or even if Souths are ever fit, South as well in terms of their forwards. And those those are games. That's 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 a bunch of games that you've lost this year in that yeah. way. So yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it it was a fun experiment, but again, I go back to that that point of being like. I want to do it. I I want our lineup decisions to be because we want to do it and not because we have to do it. And for the last basically two years, we haven't had that advantage um, just with the amount of injuries that we've had. And it's not an excuse. I, I expect the team to be the very best all the time. You know, it's just, it is what it is at this point. I, I basically wrote in my notes, I wrote, I'm going to murder Josh King. Yep. And then the follow-up point says, it just becomes a question of how bad you want it. Everyone else is not allowed to write Melbourne off, but I am. We're destined yeah. for a second or third week finals exit. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I kind of feel a very similar way about my team if they even get that far. So I feel you. But at the same time, I, yeah, I agree with you because... At the same time, like when you see people who don't go for your team say those things, you get annoyed. You're like, hey, you're oh, not allowed 100%. to say that. 100%. Like 100%. Roosters fans telling me that South is I'm like, shut the <laughs> fuck up. But then I'm like, yes, exactly. Um, exactly. Two, um, two tiny other little yeah, things yeah. I want to mention. Um, uh, one is that, you know, I I mentioned Pezzett before, but I didn't get to my, my thing that I wanted to say was that he makes those excellent legs tackles, like those old school classic um, halfback defense tackles, right? They were almost for nothing at the end, but the guy, like he tried, he tried so hard and I felt, and I felt kind of bad for him. And then the other thing I wanted to mention was that I hate delayed reporting being put on report after somebody gets hit yeah, in the yeah, fucking yeah. head and three tackles later, we go, oh, by the way, that's on report. Um, and we can have a restart of the tackle count here. Like what, what does that do for my team? Like, I don't care that he potentially would not get to play next week. We now know that that's not the case, but yes. What does that do for my team? You it, know, and mate, in that I'm moment, the- preaching to the choir. I'm a longtime fan of more sin bins, fewer reports, fewer suspensions, and we have gone that and- way to an extent this year. But it needs to be like you're well, we right. Sent the- we sent Ryan Hinchcliffe off for fuck's sake. Why couldn't we send that was- an actual player? That was off? very funny, to be fair. <laughs> that was. But so I did love that. I did know- see that guy tweet that. Oh, Adam G's had great control of this game because he no, that's bullshit. The it's like, mate, he then like missed Jerome Lewis jumping up and shouldering someone in the face. So, in their face, yeah. I don't know if his so, control was uh, that good. I found it funny. Hinchcliffe was yelling, "Get him on side!" when he got sent. I love that. Which that's I just fucking think is great. Absolutely. I guess incredible. like the one thing um, you probably can't do as a trainer is like abuse the referee. <laughs> probably. I don't, I don't know. know. 
probably not. But, you know, Luai had any number of binnable offences at the end towards there. I would have liked to have seen any of them punished in any way. But but Adam G, um, I don't know what it is. Um, jo- Johnny Foreigner of Storm Machine Substack fame, um, I read his newsletter every week. He yep. flagged to me that um, the Storm are six losses on, on the trot when Adam G is the referee. Wow. Which I did not realise. But I think he falls into the the home team kind of narrative really easily and we don't play well under that sort of circumstance. So it's not this is not referees faulting, just abbreviate that right now. But what it is is that it's just not a game style that suits us. And and yeah, Penrith's, I, and- Penrith's home ground advantage was mm. that, that they were able to bully penalties out of Adam G for there are, there are for better or worse. Like, and th- I agree with you. It's not rest faulting to say that a particular referee style doesn't complement your team. There's like Grant Atkins, yeah. for example, which Souths rarely win under him because of his style of refereeing. And that, that Souths have a yeah. lot better record under Jerry Sutton because it's just, they're just different people and they're human and they referee games differently. That's yeah. totally fine. But yeah, stylistically that can happen and you can just have a referee. Yeah. You don't have a great record. So the delayed, the delayed sim bin, the, or sorry, the delayed reporting, but no bin, the clear obstruction on the to- second half try, you know, um, any, any number of like the, the swinging arm that wasn't a swinging arm from Harry mm. Grant at the end that was put on report that was nothing like, and that they got a repeat set for on the line, like just too far gone at that point. And I was very impressed by Melbourne's ability to hang on despite all of that, but the game was kind of lost before it it even started. Yeah, I opinion. think it was. It got away from them by the 50th minute. But, oh, well, they'll move on. And yeah. now, massive, massive, massive game against Canberra this week, which is, again, ridiculous to say. But, I mean, you <laughs> you, you share my you share my disdain for our lime green friends. So, you, how are you it, feeling it about that one? It is such a shame. It is such a shame because um, the, the Raiders um, brethren that I have yeah. met through this podcast. They're all so nice. nice. I know the absolute nicest people but fuck i hate your team like i I feel you the hate the hate that i wish that i had for the panthers is what Mm. i have for canberra and it's not and it's It's not even it's not even the fact that they call amy park their home ground or anything like that it is just the (laughs) maybe well maybe one piece of that is but it's the collective delusion that they all exist with that absolutely just kills it for me and the fact that that they're really nice people who think that they like a really, really nice team, but I don't see that team as really nice. I see it as grubby and and messy and ineffective, mm. and it frustrates me that it's not better for the people that I like. But Agreed. you know, fuck them. Completely fuck agree. Them. I hope so, I hope that we kill them. Uh, um, that'll be a spicy <laughs> affair next week. But a massive game for top four implications for both teams, really. So we'll see. Well, how yeah, it goes. I mean, I. I think I think we've probably got enough points to hold on. I think we're floating. Well, I mean, they have the same. By they, they have the same number of wins as you. If they beat you, they're above you. Aren't they one behind us? No, they won today. Everyone, yeah, I know. It feels like they lost today, but they won today. So no, they're the same oh. number of wins as you. So like, it's, well, it's gigantic. That's a bummer. Yeah, it's huge. Okay. Yeah. So anyway. Well, yeah, we'll we'll see how we go. You know what? Actually, they can have fourth place, and they can play the Panthers at home week one. You know, be my guest. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, no. Be thank my you. guest. No, thank yeah. you. All right, let's anyway. move on to uh, Townsville with uh, the Brisbane Broncos again. Like another just really solid performance. Like some excellent tries, some really some really slick long range efforts. I thought um, just a very entertaining entertaining eighty minutes from them, and they continue to just past these tests that they have to sort of navigate in the back end of the season. Um, you know, win number 16, 16 and five now, ridiculously good. And 10 and one away from home, by the way. 
crazy stat. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know why you introed me as a as the Storm fan. At oh, the sorry. Start yeah, because um, I am well and truly on the Kevolution, baby. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> got an 06 vibes hoodie on right now. So I, I do in yeah. in the maroon because I'm not of a course. coward, unlike some other podcast people that I are know. You, are you referring to me? Who has a white yes, one? Yes, you. you okay. Yeah, who gets it in white? Well, I. I don't know. It could be. What were the bunnies doing in 2006? They won three games. <laughs> <laughs> but the first one, the first one was against the Broncos in that round, round 14 when Brisbane had all their origin players out. So I, get, I guess that counts then. Yeah. Um, you know what? For the Broncos, um, no Adam Reynolds, no worries. Mm. Um, they could add a traffic cone at seven, honestly, and still won. You know, the determination that they had and, and the way that they're playing at the moment. I see them as more of an unstoppable force than I see Penrith. And I'm not, that's not, you know, having fun up at Suncorp Stadium kind of bias. That is, I genuinely think they play a better brand of footy at the moment. Um, and they have the foot on the throat mentality that I think, oddly enough, Penrith are actually kind of missing at the moment. Mm. So, you know, I don't, I, actually, you know, to say a traffic cone at seven is actually a bit of disrespect to Jock Madden because I thought he had a surprisingly good showing, you know, simplified game and didn't try and overplay his hand. But, you know, um, the Broncos just played so well and they are rising like a team out of origin that I have not seen the Broncos do in a yeah, really, really long time. this is obviously, this was like the same part of the season where they completely fell apart last year. If you remember, they had that really good win over Parramatta at Parramatta Stadium. Uh, yeah, and, and then, then something I- something happened that I'm not allowed to talk about. If I want to stay in the Broncos channel, I'm not allowed of, to talk about, you know, what happened next. Of, but of it, course, yeah. and then didn't win yeah. another game. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, That's not happening this year. They're um, a completely I, different team. They've gone to another level. And I think totally, you're right. Like Totally different. Stylistically, they're good. They're so good to watch. And I think they do have more swagger than anybody else at the moment. The, the way they're playing, it's just so carefree, but, you know, deliberate at the same time. And... They, yeah. they deserve I mean, to be where they are. And if anyone is going to beat Penrith this year, I think it is them. I really do. I think I think they're really on one here. Like, it just feels, you know, like it is their time. You know, I, I, I have no idea what got into Kevin Walters, but he's turned out to be an absolute, like, master coach. Um, it feels like it's all coming together for them at the perfect time. You know, dare I say a bit of Storm of Old-esque, you know, like where they feel like this, like, oh. totally unstoppable the force. The highest like, compliment you can give. It, I said I was in the Kevolution, baby. You I don't really half-ass anything. Um, what they've done to Piakura, for example, like he is a player all of a sudden. I don't know when that happened. I felt like I blinked and all of a sudden, you know, he's running lines. You know, they've got shape all of a sudden that they have not had in years. Like not not to shit on, on Brisbane of old too much, but like ordinary shapes that a lot of other teams have been able to run for a really long time, Brisbane have struggled with. And now all of a sudden they're running shapes and they are just scoring tries for fun, you know? And um, it, it feels like they're all on the same page when Reese Walsh slows his brain. Um, you know, they are all playing at exactly the same speed and and just it's so nice to watch. And Patty Carrigan as well also becoming like a huge favourite of mine. Like uh, I called him Patty Suddenly Scoring. Suddenly a scoring machine, yeah. He's coming for Ken Irvine and I love that joke. I'll never stop saying it. I don't care if, you know, people at Fox say it too. But um, I, I, I just think that the team is is really, really exceptional at the moment. Um, and even, even Ezra Mam as well, you know, like he was nobody, you know, at the start of the year, everyone was going, you know, oh, this guy will play a handful of weeks and then they'll look to rotate with someone else out of cup and, and what have you, but no, 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 it's just his. And he, he 
supports. It, it, that's all it is, really. It's so simple. It's just support play, and he just mm. kills it. You know, like I, I really, I could not be higher on them. So no, enjoy that, Bronx they're fans. They're fantastic. Um. The Cowboys, though, they are just like I just really can't wrap my head around them now because there's some weeks where they've just been so, so good that, it, that I, I did at one point say they were probably the fourth best team in the competition. But then there's games like this where, like, you're at. I understand it's Bron- it's Brisbane, and they've been so good mm-hmm. recently. But like, you know, you're at home with not not your season on the line, but like a really close important to. game because close, a, close to it, yeah. very little margin for error with with how everything's yeah. going, with how close the competition is. And you start well enough, but again, they, they they were just clearly second best throughout this game. And I just don't know what, I just really, I struggle to get a read on them this year because they just, they have had so many good appearance. They have just had so many good games, especially to, to, to just to be blown off the park at home like that is so puzzling. Yeah. I, well, for me, the cows are always like this every year. You know, I always think that they're going to either be better or worse than they are. Mm. I can never get a, I can never get a read on them every year. And then every time I say, you know what, no more, I'm not going to back them anymore. I really don't think they've got it. They they string together three or four wins, and you think they're killing it. And then, and then yeah, they show up like that up there, which I I think is very very disappointing. You know, like I. I think it just speaks again to this whole first and second are just so far ahead of everybody else mentality yeah. at the moment in this. You know, like. I, I love the idea that everyone's calling it a close season, but it's a close season for bronze at the moment. Like, mm. you know. Well, they've only got they've only got three games left, and I reckon they've got to win two of them. So and I guess just the resi- to make just to make the eight, you yeah. know, and then and then well, probably get bungled out in, well, in look, very disappointing fashion, you know. It's Cronulla in Townsville who suddenly have worked things out, and then it's the Dolphins <laughs> who are the Dolphins, but they you know, that they've played tough in every every Queensland game this year, and then it's a Penrith hey, game, they nearly which, won this week, so. And the the collateral, that's right. And the collateral damage of losing this game is that mm. it keeps Brisbane one win ahead of Penrith, which means if Penrith having uh, going to that last game of the season needing to win to get the minor premiership, the Cowboys aren't getting the Mitch Kenny All Stars. They're getting the full. <laughs> they're getting yeah. the full Penrith treatment. And like, so if if it comes down to that game, and Penrith still playing for stuff, and they play a full strength team, obviously that's night and day compared to what they trotted out uh, in this corresponding fixture last year. So the knock-on yeah. effect from losing this game is that they keep Brisbane right up there with Penrith and that could end up biting them in multiple ways. This, the latter being that they will probably face a full-strength Panthers lineup in that in that last game. So assuming that they can't win that one, they've got absolutely no margin for error now. And mm. yeah, it's just bizarre because when they when they put that score on the Rabbitohs a couple of weeks ago and that, that was straight after... That was sorry. That was straight before they 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 then came out, smashed that smashed the Tigers, put seventy four on them. Had a buy, came out of the buy, solid win over Manly, really good win over the really good win over the Eels, and now this is just sort of back to back clunkers against their their Queensland rivals, and it's just difficult to work out why it's happening. I yeah, I would have expected even if the the ability and the and the effort and all of that, you know, even if all of that stayed the same. Pride should have lifted, you know, mm. for a home game and a Queensland derby. I would have expected, if nothing else, you know, they'd just run a little harder and try a little longer, even if, you know, like their ability was exactly the same as it was week before kind of thing. And I it's... just think it was a bit of a disappointing showing from them. But, you know, I'd like, to be honest, I really, I, I didn't even really watch them. I was just so, you know, yeah. captivated well, it by it what was happening reductive. on the other side of the It sounds ball, reductive, you know? right? But Brisbane just played so much faster than the Cowboys did. Oh, yeah. They just couldn't keep up with them in terms of the pace of play. And, you know, they couldn't. That's what happened. So, 
to be honest, to be honest, this kind of outcome was what I was expecting the Storm Panthers game to be, really, mm. where the Panthers are the Broncos in this equation, right? Like I expected us to be, you know, as pantsed as the cows were. And and I'm glad we weren't, because you know, somebody else played worse than us this week. So, you know, thank well, God. For congratulations that. for that. All right. Newcastle <laughs> winning an absolute thriller against the Dolphins. They started slow. Kurt Mann got them back. It was the the absolute all-star cast chipping in with some tries here. Kurt Mann, Jackson Hastings, Phoenix Crossland getting them back in the game after Jermaine Osako's first half hat-trick. And they end up just squeaking over the line. But, like, given where they were with five minutes to go in the first half, down multiple tries, this is a a gigantic win for them in the context of their season. (laughs) There it is. Everybody take a drink. Um, so I did not see most of this game because I went to, um, sunny coast stadium. Which we will talk about later. Later, later. But, but, um, uh, I was, you know, when I checked the scores, I was a little surprised that they hadn't really put the sword to the fins. Right. And I mean, maybe you can dissect a little bit more about why that didn't happen, but as, as I've been reading and people have been telling me for weeks now, Newcastle are apparently the form team of the competition, right? Like Mm. they're the team who are most on the up. They're the ones who are, you know, um, exceeding expectations week on week on week, you know, and I, from watching the highlights package, I really didn't see that from them. Well, Greg, like Greg Mars, you had an absolute Barney, but that doesn't help. But But, I mean, realistically, they should have put the fins to the sword, right? Like, like, but like a lot of the, a lot of the points they conceded were like off very bad, very bad errors on their part. And they still scored 30 points. So I I get what you're saying, but Mm. like, I, if you're going to look at the positives of this game, it's the fact that they were down multiple tries in a game where nothing was going their way. And they managed to sort of get into halftime, steady the ship and go on with it. And I think that's just, that's just how the games go sometimes. Like, like as no, no matter who you yeah, are, like, yeah. you know, this from being a, a fan of a good team, no matter how good you are, not every win is going to come as easy as the one prior to it did. Some weeks you really have to work for it. And like, no, no, I, I get that. Um, Like, like what we said about the Warriors earlier, right? Like mm. it, it it's just one of those ones where you get it, you have to get it done. I just I would have expected a team that is saying that they can finish as high as like fourth, right? To <laughs> optimistically, um, to to really you know take a team that is struggling. Really, mm. they are on their last legs and and really show off. Let's call them premiership credentials. You know, yeah. and I. And I, I get, I get that they dug themselves out of trouble, but we need to look at why they got themselves into trouble in the first place. You know? Well, and, yeah, and- a really bad, a really poor first half littered with mistakes is 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 what undid them in the first place. But mm. yeah, look, I th- I think that there's a time for being negative, but that time is not now for the Newcastle Knights. They have to keep being positive and just they oh, didn't. Sorry, play- I forgot. They didn't I play. How high you were on Newcastle. They didn't play particularly well, but they got it done. And at this point in the season, when basically they are fighting for their lives, they got it done. And I, like, I honestly do think, but by the end of the game, I think for the for the last fifty or so minutes, they were by a mile the better team. They just had a very poor start, but mm. came back came back from it strongly enough. And then it got a bit nervy at the end, but they saw it out. And now it's in their own hands because of the way all the other results broke for them this weekend. They sit in seventh spot right now, the dizzying heights of seventh with South <laughs> Parramatta and the Cowboys all half a game below them. And they have... Oh, I forgot they had the draw. They got the draw. So they only... Yeah, okay. They play... They get they get the Bulldogs this week. 
mm-hmm. which you know that's probably going to be a win. I know it's I know that's it, it, another home game. That's the other thing. They've got four games left. Three of them are at Hunter Stadium, so mm. they've got a home game against the Bulldogs. You'd assume that's going to be a comfortable win, and then they've got two more home games against Souths and Cronulla, neither of whom have looked in particularly good form recently. So. And then they finish with a game against the Dragons. So if they can win one of those two between Souths and Cronulla and just take care of business in those games against the Dogs and the Dragons, where they will be favoured to win both of those, that's three Mm -hmm. wins. That will be enough for them because right now they're that extra half a game. I know 13 wins might not be enough for a team to sneak into there, but 13 and a half wins probably will be. So (laughs) And a half wins. Yeah. But yeah, look, I mean, and that, that's going to be the difference for them. And look, I wasn't pretty a lot of the time in this game, but they, they got it done. And at this time of the year, when especially when you're a Knights fan who I think a month ago was already planning your holidays uh, and now they've won, what, four on the trot and have a very favorable run in. Um, you've just got to be happy that they bounce back and 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 and. and, and, and sort of were able to wrestle away from that terrible start. Yeah, you, you take it, you take it, but I don't, and I, I don't want to turn this into a preview pod, but geez, you'd want to see something spectacular yeah, well, next did, week, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, but they absolutely, didn't they play the Bulldogs a couple of weeks ago and actually flog them? They flogged someone. I remember who it was. Was it Tigers? I don't know. All the bad teams. Was it Melbourne? It feels like it was oh, Melbourne. Oh, stop it. They, they did, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they beat the Bulldogs 66-0 like a month ago. So... <laughs> Yes, I would be expecting a similar, a similar uh, scoreline in that one. But um, yeah, yeah, there's certainly teams with bigger problems than the Newcastle Knights. And oh, no. yeah, I look. The Souths have had Hang some down. Hang on one second before before you get into it. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention something first. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it'd be about five years ago now, maybe even longer. My first, one of my first interactions with the podcast was in the form of question time. Okay. And this, this was back when uh, you were a trio. And the question was something like um, asking about the movie Notting Hill. Uh, And in the movie, in the movie Notting Hill, there's a scene where they have like one brownie left over and they say like whoever has the saddest story can have the brownie okay. and it's like <laughs> the the chick in the wheelchair is like, oh, I obviously deserve the brownie and and someone else is like, oh, yeah, well, I got divorced and I deserve the brownie and then like uh, Julia Roberts' character is like, yeah, I haven't eaten anything in six years. I deserve the brownie, you know, yeah. so um, and my question to you at the time was, based on your team's performances, who gets the Boom Rookies brownie this week? Mm. And so now, before you do your um, eulogy for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, I wish to ask you, do you think you deserve the brownie more than me this week? Uh, yes, because you went into that game not expecting anything, whereas Souths were like a dollar ten to win this game. <laughs> and they, and, and you're probably, you're going to make the finals, and we might not. So I think marginally... Yes. I, I have walked out of, like, obviously, my read on this team in the first 12 weeks of the year was pretty spot on. Every time I thought they were going to win, they mm. did. Every time I thought they weren't going to win, they didn't. A couple of, like, narrow exceptions. The Roosters game, they lost by two, was a bit of a shock. And then I think winning that Panthers game by two was a bit of a shock. But basically, every other game up until that Parramatta game where they got beaten pretty heavily at Allianz Stadium, basically, that game... Apart from that game, I had a pretty good read on things. I thought they'd struggle against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. I thought they'd struggle against the Dragons. That Cowboys game completely took me off guard when they got shit pumped by them, as did the Warriors game when they smashed the Warriors. And then the last three weeks, it's just been completely off the rails. Like, I didn't think they'd be that bad against Brisbane as they were. They were mm-hmm. really, really mm-hmm. poor. 
they're a Latrell tri-saver away from being down against the Tigers with 10 minutes to go, as Marty noted on the preview show on Friday. <laughs> they do end up doing enough to win, but Jesus Christ, it wasn't pretty. And then they play against a Cronulla team that's starting Way Graham on an edge, that's got all kinds of problems in their forward back still, that's starting Connor Tracy at fullback, who I'm not sure has ever played fullback for 80 they minutes. They didn't score an, any points the week before. He didn't, in an NRL game, but they were held to nil the week prior that lost yeah. Ronaldo Molotala, their best outside back, the day before the game and, and replaced him with Moene Hirotti, who has never really pulled up any trees at NRL level. And on top of that, you have Nico Hines struggling. You have Braden Trindle, who's not really done much since he replaced Matt Moylan in the six. And none of it mattered. They the, the, the Sharks looked like all their problems had dissipated and they absolutely deserved this win. And I just, I, I just don't understand, like, what happened? I am completely flabbergasted. I have no answers for why. Like, obviously, sometimes you get games where you don't complete your sets. The other team mm-hmm. runs well. They offload well. They get a couple of really good sort of plays that come off and they result in points like the Katoa play. You get a couple of calls go against you and they can all combine to a perfect storm. But with how South season has gone, with the wins they've dropped due to origin and due to other things, with how flat they were against Brisbane, with how not lucky, but sort of how scrappy they were against the Tigers last week, going into a game where you're such heavy favorites and a game that you really do need to win to just be so poor. It's just, I cannot believe it. I actually could not believe what I was watching. Yeah. I mean, I bet, I I bet it was incredibly frustrating, like to, to put it very lightly. Right. It was okay. Like I was, I I was at least out, like I was at least out with my friends, but like, so it was okay. Although I had Sarah sitting next to me, Screaming for the oh, sharks no. and stuff. So, oh no! Was... was she just saying that everything was really brave? They were so brave, but like, I mean, look, I mean, I've, I've watched, mate, I've watched, I've watched Souths get smashed at pubs with you, with Mitch, with whoever yeah. against their respective teams. It's fine. That part's okay. So I had, I had a good night. It was a mate's birthday. It was all good. But like, mm, so that mm. probably did soften the blow rather than you know me sitting at home in a dark room. Or, oh, or watching worse. it at home. Like, oh, imagine man. if I'd flown to Perth for it. Jesus Christ! Oh so, shit, that would be grim. Like. Obviously, things can always be worse. Life's good, all that crap. But like from a football point of view, I just have not felt this down about them all year because, and maybe it was naive. Maybe it was, maybe it was a bit silly of me and every other South fan that I know to just expect Latrell to come back and that it would he'd wave a magic wand and everything would be fixed. But to and be I think fair, that- he's kind of done it before, right? Like well, there was there was a proof point. Like I don't want to pump your tires up too much because I I did think you overhyped them just. A little bit right mm. but that's from the outside looking in but you always want to believe that your best players are going to pull the yeah. magic out of their hat right like even even though i was fairly resigned to the fact that melbourne were going to lose this week i still wanted munster to pull something amazing out of his hat mm, of right course. so so you want and there is proof you know in history of latrell doing it before you want him to come out and just brain it you know no matter how bad lachlan Ilias plays you know you want you want Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell to just be like, well, fuck it. We don't need him anyway. We'll just get it done because they have done it before. Right. But I just, mm. yeah, it, it just seemed like you guys got yourselves into a bit of a hole that you couldn't dig yourselves out of fast enough. He, you know? he was, and then he... all of it. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Ilias first? Cause no, God, I don't, I don't know what I can say about <laughs> him at this point. The, I, I, I stuck the lever down to how do they let him go two weeks ago and it's not ever being lifted up again as far as I'm as oh, far as I'm man. as long as I'm in charge of this of this podcast it's staying at how did they let him go <laughs> I just don't I just don't understand anything that happened in this game like I just and Latrell is nowhere near by the way like I understand he got stepped for that try but yeah 
people Holy get shit. Hold, can I just say, I've yeah. never seen somebody... That wasn't Step. That was turned inside out. It was fucked. It was so good. His outside ended up play, on his inside. Amazing you know? like play from Katoa. But like, Holy shit. you know, sometimes you're one-on-one in space. The guy hits you with a step. You get got. Shit happens. People <laughs> who were like, oh... He could have at least turned and chased. Like, why? He's 10 minutes yeah, away. Yeah, it was, no. Like, it was, what do you it mean? Gone. Once he gets stepped, the play is dead. But, like, you know. Guys, he, his, all of he, his internal organs were outside of his body exactly. after that. You know, he was like, not. <laughs> he, he's not the guy that was, he's not the guy that's defending in the front line against a, a forward no. back that I think had about 20 offloads and was sort of really winning the advantage yeah. point with, with, in the game. He 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 wasn't the he wasn't part of the he wasn't the reason they completed the game at at 40%. I think he had one I, one error but I, I mean I fuck. couldn't believe it after the first try, the the one that the Sharks scored. It mm. was 18 minutes into the game and you can see your entire pack on their haunches, you know? The game's not 20 minutes old. Yeah. And they they look exhausted. Well, it's just crazy I, to me that like Two weeks ago, I saw how they're finally fit again. And yeah. then Hames Saleh doesn't play. Ginger Toller doesn't play. So that's two of your mm. best four middles. Camo, sorry, two of your best four props. Camo's the lock. Um, and then the third one goes off with back spasms. Who knows if he's going to play this week? He only played 28 minutes. And the fourth that, one, Tom Burgess. That's really rough, by the way. That, did, that's just did. fucking unlucky yeah. at that point. And know? the fourth one, Tom Burgess, is now suspended for three weeks. So again, they've, they've just mm. got completely... Um, sort of pillaged in the middle again. They're out of props once more. And it might not matter against the Dragons this week, but it's probably going to matter when they play Newcastle. So, um, yeah, just another disastrous week. And I just don't, like, this is the first week where I finally don't think, like, they're going to turn it around. It's the first week where I've just feel very pessimistic about what's going on. It, like, almost reminds me about, it. Almost, like, 2019 is the more obvious comp because... They were probably the best team in the comp in the first half of that season, and Cody Walker was probably the best player before Origin and, and stuff went wrong. But mm. you know, they still ended, they still made a prelim that year, and they only lost the prelim by one score, and it was that that was obviously the Josh Papali try. But they they but they they were it was a close run thing. They st- mm. My my better comp is 2015, where they were coming off they were coming off 2014. They obviously won the premiership. They started that was the how, uh, that was when Gus Gould said. They've forgotten how to lose when they beat the Roosters in round, oh. <laughs> round, one, round one or round two, whatever it was. But they came into the they came into the sort of last six weeks of the season and they'd already been running out of fumes. And there was this kind mm. of mood around the camp that a lot of players that were, were sort of fed up with Maguire and um, they just didn't look like That's they were going right. to be capable of yeah, sort of getting, getting up to the level that they needed to be at. And what happened was... When they they beat they beat Penrith with uh, five rounds to go in the season to sit fourth, and then their final five five final five regular season games that year played Manly lost by twenty beat the Cowboys up there which was a very anomalous result in hindsight got like well beaten by the Bulldogs at home and then got absolutely smoked by the Broncos at Allianz that was the infamous head pack game and then lost 30 nil to the Roosters to finish up the regular season in seventh and then got bounced by the the Sharks who were the previous year's season's wooden spooners in the in the first week of the finals got got absolutely bounced uh, 28 to 12 and then of course the, the Sharks went on I think the next week played the Cowboys and lost about 30 nil so like that showed the level that Souths were behind those top teams and that's kind of what it feels like to me right now it feels like mm. a season that started so well that started with so much promise oh these guys they can't lose a game they're so good blah 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 and a game that a season that had setbacks in the middle of it, but they did finish that year 
that sorry, they were still firmly entrenched in that top four battle with five or six weeks left to go in the year. But then it just kind of all fell apart. No one could really pinpoint why. And it never got back on track. And that's just kind of how I feel about them right now. It, it sucks. It is what it is. I, I think that like, especially, no, and this is not because you're here, but like, honestly, after that Magic Round results, when they just yeah. passed this, they, they'd beaten, they'd smashed the Broncos at Suncorp. They'd finally beaten Penrith in a game. And they, they'd finally beaten Melbourne away from home. I know it wasn't in Melbourne, but you know what I mean? Like they finally got a win over <laughs> hey, Melbourne. I, you got to, you got to take them where you Yeah. Take. And like, it felt like they passed all these tough tests. We talked so much about their tough draw to start the year. They play the, they play the Panthers twice. They play the, they play the Storm yeah. twice. They play all these good teams, blah, blah, blah. And we talked about all these tough tests they were going to face and they got through it all. And they were on top of the ladder when they, when I walked out of ANZ a week later and they beat the Tigers 20 nil. And it felt like yeah, the worst part to, of it. You were meant to coast from here, right? It, you were just yeah, meant to roll right. on home. And what are they? I think they're three and seven since then. If you told me yeah. that day I walked out of the Tigers game with a, a, a very routine, comfortable 20 0 win, and you'd said you're going to lose seven of your next 10, I'd be like, yeah, right, champ. And no, mm. but here we are. Uh, uh, that's enough moping. Like, you know, life's more important than footy. <laughs> and it just, it sucks. I feel like the season is lost. Maybe I'll be wrong and they'll come out next week and they'll fire up. Because obviously, with the way the comps, like this ridiculous competition, they're still only, they're, they're a win behind fourth with, with the same, with the exa- with an identical forward again. So like South could, South, you know, South could still easily finish the top four if they win the rest of their games. But it's difficult to mount a case for them doing that with, with how they played. Cronulla though, um, their forward pack I thought was outstanding. Their backs just, they were back to doing the things that Cronulla do so well. They were just getting early ball out to those guys, making stuff happen. Nico Hines, best game in a very long time. And yeah, like from the moment sort of Harati did so well to beat two or three guys to score that first try, I thought, shit, we might be in a yeah. little bit of trouble here. And yeah, and Katoa did the same about- five minutes later, but fuck. Yeah, we laugh about, you know, Connor Tracy playing at the back, but I, I thought he played really, he really played well. well you played know? real well. And I don't know I don't know what they did down at Wanda Beach Surf Club, whether they just like went in and like pushed the reset button in the back of their brains or whatever, but they were like an entirely different team. I, I it's just so week. like obviously part of me wants to be happy because I do like the Sharks, but not not this week. Jack Williams was awesome again, by the way. He's been great for a few weeks. One of the best players on the ground. Cam McKinnis. Just... And again, Toby Rudolph's been pretty poor. Like for like two, <laughs> yeah. like ever since he came back, he's been bad. He was really good in this game. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Because it has to happen against your team. I know, I know, I know. right? And how good is I? You know, the second team kind of mentality. I, I'm yeah. new. I'm new to this world, right? But you've been dabbling in this for a little while now. Mm. So you know, your bunny, the bunnies are your guys. But you know, you've yeah, I've got a couple. Yeah, another like the team. Yeah. But like, obviously, well, don't. I never want them to well, beat my team. No, no. They're, they're the little brothers by yeah. design, right? So, like, my favourite thing about the the Melbourne, you know, with the side of Brisbane is that I'm getting all of the wins, but when I go see Melbourne play up here in a few weeks' time, we're going to win by 60, you know? Like, mm. it's just, a, it's already written. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I get you. I get you. You never you never want to see it. Look, I... I don't have much to to dissect because I don't I don't want to beat down like you, nah, you already know away. what it is. You know? No, it, it's it's fine. I just thought I don't know I don't know whether it was you know the the travel to Perth or anything like that that kind of rocked them off their axis mm. a little bit. But you know the bunnies just didn't start like as yeah. fast as. Well, I feel like we've seen this exact game from South. We've seen this game from South like five times this year, right? Where they just do mm. nothing for the first hour and then suddenly Talis Duncan's making line breaks off the kickoff and you're like, oh shit, they could win this game. And, if and you, they fucking nearly did had... it again here. So stupid. I know, but all, and all you had to do was hold onto the fucking ball. Mm. Like all of a sudden, 
you you scored more points and made more mistakes in the last twenty minutes. Like I I, I couldn't quite believe what I was watching. Yeah, you know? and then, it was out of control. Yeah, if but, only you had done that in the first half. I, you know? Like mate, it, they've it, done this again. The Dragons game, the Bulldogs game, this game, yeah. um, and then yeah. the late in that Roosters game as well, early in the season, like four games there's where actually, they just didn't turn up until the end and it was too late. Yeah, it was like, there, well, there's actually a bunch of teams that play like the, this, you know, mm. this year, you know, like I, I think about the Finns. Whoever's playing them, the Raiders right? is one of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like really slow starting teams just seem to be commonplace. Like, I would love to see how many points Souths have scored in the last 20 minutes of games. Oh man! I, actually, I think they said you have the highest um, uh, second half points. Yeah, well, that makes sense of, of the season, right? Like, yeah. that, and that tracks, right? But you've got to figure out a way of converting it into the first half because you, yeah, confidence and everything is way too low by that point, right? All right. Ah, uh, well. Anyway, it's okay. Maybe they'll win next week. Well, you, you can have the you can have the brownie for now, but you know, thank you. We'll we'll, we'll see. All right, and uh, Parramatta, uh, a controversial twenty six to twenty win today. I love. Uh, I know they say don't trust a guy with two first names. Someone tried to tell me that Arthur Miller Stephen was three first names today, and I was put. I pushed back <laughs> on Miller. Miller. Yeah, I pushed back quite firmly, but um, yeah, uh, it's still not a rugby league name. Can no. I just say? Like, yeah, it's it's a little too highbrow. It sounds like you're in the dining room at Lords, right? Yes, <laughs> it, it actually does. He was actually <laughs> one of the guys that. Had a complaint made against him. Yeah, it was um, Bartholomew Brenton Smythe or whatever and this guy. And this guy, yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so I don't know. Like, again, it's tough to pinpoint. It's it's always, it's, you know, it's never never completely accurate to just pinpoint one decision in a game and be like that turned the game around or whatever. But I think you kind of can in this one because, (laughs) well, like, are we seriously saying... That Clint Gutherson's not stripping at that ball. A hundred percent, he is. I, 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 I don't understand how that was a call. I just, I, and there's nothing to be said, right? Like, um, I actually I watched the post match because I was half expecting like a massive blow up from Carr, um, mm. and he was actually quite resolute about it. And um, he, they basically said, "Oh, are you going to ask for like a please explain from the NRL?" And he was like, "Well, I won't." Um. I'm over it. I've got no problem with the feedback I get, but you can't be telling me, oh, you know, that was a missed penalty. That was a missed try. The game's gone. Like, what what, what do I need feedback for? You know, like I would have much rather had the two points. And, you know, I feel him because yeah. that... If, well, if that try goes, it's 26-10 to the Dragons and the game's over. 100%. 100%. And, pa- and Parramatta's you know, like, season is over, by the way. And over, over. And, and you know, the it's, it's not fair to a team who, you know... I get that they're not battling for the top eight, but they've got their own battles at the moment. They have a massive like internal fight that they're having at the moment, trying to figure out the direction of where this club is going to go, what Ben Hunt's role looks like in the future of it all. You know, how do we kind of carve this identity out of these two separate halves that are grinding against each other at the moment? And how do we turn this into a coherent football team? They have their own battle at the moment. And half of that starts, in my opinion, with not getting the fucking spoon, right? Mm. And they could have really used these two points, right? Because it's... West the Tigers are not winning two more games. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they should have won um, one more on... They should have won one more on this same day, but uh, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So so I, I really do feel for, for my other half, you know, like mm. the Red V is unfortunately a part a of part me. Of he. And I, I really... A part of he and a part of we. And I, uh, I really think that they earned the two points there and i think that that was yeah that was brutal loss but you know for Parramatta, it's just you can't overstate how big this win is because they're they're 10 and 11 
with mm. so basically you've got to win the rest of your games and they we've talked at length about their run home including a trip to Brisbane and a trip to Penrith so with only three games left so um yeah a gigantic win for them but yeah but but again not a team that looks anything like a finals bound team in my opinion you know like I get that they were down on troops but they're just again like the cows to me just another team that is so bitterly disappointing year in year out you know like should achieve a lot more than they do and if they scrape into the finals it's going to be for naught right like I just don't see it going anywhere at the moment I don't think that their attack is um you know interesting or 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 unpredictable in any way Mm. I think it's quite pedestrian it's really easy to read I I think that they rely way too heavily on on um, Moses you know and I get that it was um uh, Dylan Brown's first game back but like he didn't necessarily blow it out of the water either and I mean that that left edge of Paris was given an absolute bath by Ravalava Lomax and Ben Hunt you know and next week Five days from now, they play the Broncos and Katoni Staggs and Selwyn Cobo just must be looking at that and going, there's fucking oh, yeah. dinner, but, right? Well, like, they are going to feast on I, the side. I think there's, like, a outside shot where, like, if they do get into the finals and they get they get their full-strength forward pack back, they get Dylan Brown more ingratiated back into the team after his absence. If they, mm-hmm. Everything goes in their favor. That's well where they can hang with the top teams. Like, they've shown in the past that they can do that. They, they beat Souths pretty comfortably earlier this year. They, they took care of... They 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 were often a thorn in Penrith's side in the regular season, including this year with that that Golden Point game, and um yeah, but they they used to do that to Melbourne too, and that's true, just nothing, you know, like and and I think last year was really like I I still sometimes scratch my head and wonder how they made it to the grand final, you know, me too, but, um, me too, <laughs> but yeah, I just I just again in that that peloton of mediocrity in the middle there, like they're, they're hanging onto the back of it, but it all kind of feels for naught at the moment. And I'm sorry mm. if that's a bit glum and, you know, not as upbeat as it should be like about a team making the finals, but I just think you should aspire to more than that. Yeah, I, I totally, oh, yeah, I agree with you, but um, for now they stay alive. And for now the Canberra Raiders final uh, top four hopes also stay alive after yeah, another another game. I think li- I think it's fair to say littered with controversy here. Um, uh, it was what two tries off blatant forward passes? Um, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> like, I've got Whiten is stupid, comma Brooks is more stupid. Yeah. Question mark. I can't believe hard, a, hard a I can't believe a try involving David Nofluim and Luke Brooks in space did not get bombed. <laughs> like, oh man! When and David Nofluim is shaped to throw that pass, I was like. There's a ninety percent chance this is going to get caught by a Canberra Raiders player, like ninety percent. And no, oh, it works. Man. It was perfect. Fuck, Appy, just... fuck, Appy Corusau's trying hard. Fuck, he's trying yeah. so hard. Yeah, I mean, somehow, somehow the Tigers would be worse without him, which is just mm. absolutely. I don't think they're the worst team this year, by the way. I know they're last, but I don't think they're the worst team. They don't like they had that embarrassing loss. They had that really embarrassing loss in Townsville, right? But like, mm-hmm. we they they play teams, but then they gave it to them later. So you know, it all kind of they they, they play teams tough. Ever like they played the Raiders tough here. They played South tough mm-hmm. the week prior. They mm-hmm. they just really get like absolutely flogged. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they never they never lose big time. You know, like if if you ask me who I thought the most disappointing team of the year is, I would have said the Bulldogs. But you know, unfortunately, yeah. they are where they are on like, the you, ladder. You, you know, and I. Apart from that Cowboys game, they've only had like one other big loss, and that was early, quite early in the year when they played Brisbane up there. Mm, um, mm. And that's it. Like every other game has been kind of close, or even if the game is finished with them losing by like 
12 or 16 points. It's a game that was in the balance for quite a while. So yeah. I so, really so don't think they're a, the worst team. No, but is it a case of them trying really hard and just not having the talent? Or they're also it, very unlucky. But there's got to be there's got to be something more to it than that. When we look back on the great analysis of rugby league, we can't just say no. Like I kind of think you un- can unlucky. Like I'm know? not saying like, they're a good football team, right? I'm not suggesting they're a good football team, but like there's just a couple of little things in games that if they go your way, you can win. And I just think the large part for them in close games this year, those things have not yeah. gone their way. Like. They, they could have easily won this game today. Like, if Latrell doesn't make that try saver last bit, they could have won that game. The previous game against right, the Raiders, but... they're winning that game with 30 seconds left. That game against the Knights right yeah, back um, at the start of the season, they should have won that one too. So, like, they've just had yeah. so many games this year that I think just got away from them. At weird point. They, even that early, if you remember, they were outplaying you guys at Amy Park in the first half the early, early, oh, early oh, this year. Oh, 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 I don't know. And then, but they don't, but they bombed like 10 tries. Like, that's what I mean. They're just an insanely unlucky team. And that's not, that's not outplaying you then, is it right? Like, I guess, I don't know. It was my mistake for bringing the storm up. Uh, I should have just stuck Um, to the Knights and Souths and Canberra. Everyone's telling you to shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, what I mean is like. I get you. But but what I, I think, I think. They've uncovered essentially the rookie of the year, right? In Jareen Bullard. Mm. They have got Appy Corusau, who is one of my favorite players, who has just put 16 men on his back and said, let's go, right? Like he is dragging that team through week mm. and week. You know, the, the the only reason they were back in this game really was because of him, right? Like he puts the mm. boot through for the, for the you know, potentially offside Luke Brooks try. And, you know, he, he drags them back into that game. But... The Raiders were first half completing, I think they completed 13 of their first 23 sets, you know, and they, and they made 10 errors. So was it a case of the Tigers staying in it or was it a bigger case of the Raiders throwing No, that's a really good and point. I, and, they, and, that... I, and I think that the Tigers somewhat, um, not benefit because they don't have any points to show for it, but a lot of their games are off the back of other teams making mistakes. Now, I don't know if they're forcing those mistakes. They may well be, right? But at some point, it's got to be more than luck. That's all. Yeah, I'm look, saying. I, I think whilst they did get a couple of bad calls against them, this was a game where they made one line break and Canberra made eight. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, they, exactly. For all the early ball they had with Canberra dropping the ball repeatedly, they didn't do a whole lot with it. They didn't really look at many times like they were going to score. Like they get, like, the, the Charlie Staines tries completely against the run of play. The David Nofaluma try, yeah, again, is a nice kick from Brooks, but it's at the end of some broken play, right? It's off a kick that's bad. It's a try the Raiders would normally score. And then the Brooks try himself, <laughs> I'm still not sure he was onside. So, yes, whilst they might yeah. have said that they were close and they could have won this game another day, at the same time, all their points kind of were, to varying degrees, quite fortunate. And as were Canberra's. Yeah. But in saying that, the Tomoko try with that work from Rapana was sensational. That's, to me, probably the best passage of play that was put together, aside from mm-hmm. that long-range Charlie Staines try in this game. And I thought Rapana played quite well. I thought he was really, really good at the back. And I think it's well, now they don't really have a conundrum to think about because I think Seb Chris went off with a hamstring injury and he might be in a bit of trouble. But I think they, it just did give them a little bit more balance in, in, in attack. And I think the main issue for them was that Jack Whiten had one of those Jack Whiten games, even on the one commentary. Games, yeah. even, on one, even on the commentary, they, I think Kubikron called him Rocks and Diamonds like on the broadcast. So um, Savage. Yeah, it is, but he's but he's right, and I think someone in the Discord at some point said that like if they just had Matt Frawley playing instead of Jack White, and they would have been twenty points up at a time where the game was, I think, which is crazy, right? Like, which is crazy, what, but I what... agreed with it. So yeah, 
and that and that's what the Raiders do to people, you know. And that and that's why my my dear friends don't deserve a team like this. I I I am amazed that the Raiders are as high as they are this season, and I am amazed that they have won as many games as they've won because they just don't look like the same team week in week out. Like every week, you roll your Magic Eight Ball and you get a different Canberra Raiders. Like it's absolutely wild, mm. you know. And um, I I I just I can't. I can't separate my hate for them with no, no. like how they play, right? So I really struggle with this, but they should have absolutely like killed this. But how many times right? have we said that this year? They don't win. They they, they don't. don't. I they think don't. I like. I think yeah. I sarcastically said, "Oh, after last week's flogging, they'll get a four point win over the Tigers, and everything will be fine." And that's exactly what happened. Like, and again, you say it was sarcasm, but it's like sarcasm yeah. is their method of play or something. I don't like, know. Like, I, it, it, like those. Yeah, go. On. The I idea that this team, the idea that this team is going to finish in the top four in the National Rugby League in 2023 is it's not going to happen. It, let's just if they let's win this week, it, if they win this week, Emma, it's going to happen. So it's all it's on not, your beloved not, Melbourne Storm. So, it's not going to happen. It's like I'm you look not at going to be. I'm not going to be gutslit into letting this happen. Well, it's right? it's no. not up to you. It's up to those 13 brave boys in purple to to do their best and not let you oh, down. But my. My plucky underdogs. Yeah, plucky underdogs who will be short favourites in the game. But so, it's like so brave. Canberra got Canberra got, had a really good win over Brisbane early in the season. Yeah. In, in the, yeah. No one gave them a chance in the game, but they played Penrith. They got thumped. They 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 played a South team without their Origin players and just snuck by them. They they mm. haven't really and they they you know they were quite fortunate they to get a one point loss to the to the Warriors a couple of weeks ago and then they. You know, when they played the Knights in a game that was sort of like, oh, it's kind of like the winner of this game is really going to state their credentials. And, and and they got flogged as they did against the Warriors in Jared Crocus 300th. And it's like every other game that they've won pretty much is just them like limping past a bad team. Like, a, yeah. a, 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 what, like if you, again, you go back to the start of the year, it's like a, a, a four-point win over the Sharks, a six-point win over the Dragons, a one-point win over the Dolphins, a four-point win over the Bulldogs. Imagine, God, that game was... A, just chaotic. Oh, An eight-point no. win over the Eels. A seven-point win over the Souths. One point over the Tigers. Two points over the Roosters. Four points over the Titans. Ten against the Dragons. And then this today, four points. I, I'm not convinced by them at all, but it doesn't matter because they just keep... If they can get a win this weekend against the Storm, two of their last mm. three are home against the Bulldogs. And come on, like it might be ugly, but they'll win it. And their last game of the season is the Sharks, who well, they never the lose to. They also play the Broncos, will. who they beat earlier this year. So, like... Again, watch watch them beat us, right? In the mm. most, you know, like the game of the season for them, and all of their fans are going to like hold yeah, on yeah. to that for ten years, you know. And we're going to be sitting at Brewski at Magic Round twenty thirty three, and I'm going to have to listen to stories about that game. You no, know, you're going to get even worse. Well It'll be all. Oh, remember when we won in Melbourne, and they'll go which time, and then they'll high five. Which time? Yeah, but like honestly, like they're just such a perplexing but, rugby league team. They're going to teach this team in yeah, they'll, they'll be taught about in schools, like how a team can be so bafflingly incompetent for large stretches of rugby league games and yet pull wins out of thin air and be in control, in control of a top four spot with four Mm. weeks to go in their season. Which is what they it's are. Times, it's times like these that my my crazy takes come out, and I think the season should be extended into a full round of home and away games, so that we take the whole idea of a draw completely out of this shit. I mean, but, my yeah. my team and your team and all the other TV teams get smashed by the draw every year, so I agree with you. But yeah, that's. I mean, I, what would that be now? Thirty? Yeah. What would that be? A thirty-two round comp without buyers? Jesus. Yeah. Wh- why? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, sorry, no, yeah, it'd be th- yeah, 34, to... 34 rounds because there's odd numbers. So yeah. yeah, yeah, and if we have to, if we have to lose a couple of teams along the way, then say love you know. But, yeah. Um, All right. Yeah, I, I, I congratulations didn't to Canberra. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, we we um no for the game they won. Oh, I thought you meant for next week. I was well, like, they haven't played yet. Uh, all right, uh, I we are so over time. A, a thirty-second preview for Thursday's game: Penrith versus Manly. I think Penrith, uh, Penrith will win by many. <laughs> Great, fantastic. <laughs> no. Well, that's why they pay us the big bucks. Okay, so a big weekend of NRLW. Melo Hufanga is my new favorite player. Let's start there. Oh uh, yeah, are we starting with Bronx Chaos. Yeah, yeah. We talked briefly about yeah. the Roosters game on, on the Friday show. Thanks for listening. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. Um, um. Uh. Yeah. Okay. That's right. I can keep up. Um. No. Uh. The Kevolution doesn't discriminate. Fantastic. Doesn't. You know. It clearly it, doesn't. Well, this is their first win of the year. Doesn't so. discriminate based on gender. Yeah, but it was a demolition job. So it I'll was take great. It, you know, like oh a my 40 god. Pin- a forty a forty point win in the dub is huge. So that's, a, that's um, the so equivalent really, of a, really... I reckon it's the equivalent of a fifty in the men's. I, I'm going to go as far as you, to say you that, may but... you may as well give it a pineapple. I'm very happy with but, that. But you know, 18-12 so, um... at halftime, and they just blitzed them second half again. Uh, I it was the melee fungus show. Ali Briggenshaw was fantastic once again. I just it, it it's really nice when my favorite thing in the world, which is you know pure unbridled rugby league murder, just mm. occurs right in front of me. It's very fun to watch, and um, even better when you you kind of like the team. Now I don't have the affinity for the Bronx women's team as I do for the you know Bronx men's team because I feel like that's a bandwagon on the women because they were so good for. But so that long. makes even less sense because Storm don't have a women's team, so it would actually be acceptable. I know, anyway. make it make sense, you know, mm. but, um, but, you know, uh, fantastic. It only took them three weeks to figure out how to use, um, her melee, right? Like, oh, oh, should we pass to her instead of using should her? Give her early ball and, in you know? and like, let her run at people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> holy shit. I have never been one for the whole EB thing, but you know what? Give her all of the early ball that she wants. And then some, because holy shit, I love that the Broncos have just decided this year. Okay. Well, if we can't have you know, the the team that played together for years and years and years and crushes it every week, we're just going to put really big players everywhere. Big player at center, big player in the middle, big player on the edge. Doesn't matter. We're just going to fill it up with size. And it fucking rules. It is so much fun. No one can stop them, you know, because once they get close to the line there, all they do is just go out the back. You know, um, Broughton's finally started passing instead of dummying. It's just yes, game changing. Which I think was very important to how that, like... I, her coming across yeah. field and throwing those passes is going to open up a whole world of things for them on that left-hand side. I mean, you saw, like, she scored three mm. tries in uh, 11 minutes, I think it was. Two, Something one, like that. Two on one side of the half and one on the other side. Like, And all it was was the fact that she wasn't being used as a cutout. Like, it's just... Uh, I, I get that the cows... Defen- the, the cows were a rabble, right? Their defensive line was a goddamn mess for nearly the entire game, right? Like, they, they looked like they had no idea what they were going they were even thinking they got pulled from pillar to post and then it was just that size, you know? So like when, and when the Bronx had had enough of like going through the middle, they, they just burned them on the edge, you know, and, and, and the wingers and Ali Brig and whatnot decided to have a bit of joy out wide. And then when they were done with that and the cows were well and truly done, they were like, Oh yeah, we'll just go back up through the middle again. I thought Haley Maddock played a lot better. Um, mm. I know that people aren't really big on her, but I thought she played pretty well, but again, she didn't really have to do a lot at that point, you know, like the game was very simplified down. Mm. Um, I, but yeah, I, I go on. I, I'm just enjoying how open the competition is so far through three rounds. I don't think any team has really stood out, but like I, I think uh, the Eels are probably the worst team. But other than yeah. that, it's been <laughs> it's been pretty sort of open 
Like no one's like I think the Roosters are still very much the best team, but they obviously had that loss to Canberra and instead I have a, I have a yeah. top I have a clear top four. Okay. And then and then I have the rest, right? So for for since the start and I did so it before. Roosters, the season, Broncos, sort of Newcastle and uh no, so Titans, Tigers, Newcastle East were my oh, top four. No Broncos. No, um, okay. they weren't. And and it was because of Taryn Aitken mostly, you know, and, and some of the other adjustments that had happened and everyone had gone shopping up there for a while, you know. So I I, I didn't think that they were as strong as they were, but, um, you know, and I don't rate Broughton. So it's it's like a personal thing, you That's know, fair. that, you know, I didn't think she was going to be able to do much. And for the first two weeks, I was absolutely goddamn right, you know, and then all of a sudden she decided. To well, I thought she was a star for Parramatta last year, so. Yeah. I yeah yeah. Well, I mean, Parramatta made it into the final last year just on account of like too small of a competition, you know. Um, I didn't really rate Parramatta anyway, and I, I, I think you're seeing a more true reflection of who they are this year. You know, mm. I, I get that you know teams went shopping and whatnot, and and the, the whole comps basically played musical chairs, but that I don't think last year was a true reflection of Parramatta's. Yeah, position. fair enough. So and the I, Titans, yeah. Titans are on top right now. They got that late try against Cronulla. Um, you know. Oh, hang on. One more thing about oh, the yeah. Cows game. I just, I did want. I know everybody says it every week now. She's becoming like the poster child for people who don't know how to talk about NRLW. But Kira Dib really actually did have some really good touches. But again, it was like too far gone at that point. You know. Um, She's playing well this year, one... but they're on a. She's on a bad team, and they just yeah. Well, I, I actually thought that they, they played really well last week and they dug themselves mm. out of trouble quite well, you know, but she she's the kind of player who's good enough to be holding enough attention of the other defenders. And when, when the league is in its infancy like it is at the moment, it's a it's it's pretty much a, a case for me of like the haves and the have-nots, right? So like if you can stack the team with a few haves, then you will, you'll do better because, mm. you know, they go, oh, that that's so-and-so, I need to keep an eye on her kind of thing, you know? But I thought Manzelman... Um, has been a delight at nine, you know, like I thought she was underutilized at Newcastle last year. So, you know, it's good that she's a starter now, but I, I, I just thought that it was defensively where the cows got absolutely pulled apart and there was no coming back from that as nice as Dibs passing off the scrum was, for example, mm. you know, and as good as her kicking is, it's, it was, it wasn't enough to save them. So that's no. about that game. And now we can go into the next one. If you'd like. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, the Titans on top of the ladder. As we all predicted. Yeah. <laughs> all, all predicted. All, mm. none of us. Um, yeah, I, I love Lauren Brown and, uh, you great. know, I, uh, I love, I love, you know, the, the forward pack that the Titans have, like it's again, uh, you know, with, with the, the competition being pulled out across 10 teams and talent having to be dispersed, you know, a little bit more, I think teams have had to make a bit of a conscious decision about what they're going to stack, you know, and like some teams have gone for the very obvious spine stacking. And I think um, what the Titans have decided to do instead is sort of go for that forward stack. And mm. I think, you know, I, I actually, I, I, I rate it. I think it's pretty good, but they do start very slowly every week. You know, if to borrow from the men's game, um, they, they're exactly like the teams we were talking about earlier where it takes them, you know, 40 50 minutes to get started and that is particularly difficult when the game is 10 minutes shorter um you know so i think uh you know even in the um the game at the gabba week before week before last was that round two i think um they dug themselves out of trouble at the end but goddamn, like it was like you know it, it was a lot of work you know and um and i think they're gonna have a really good result overall for the year but i think at the end they're gonna get out 
muscled by yeah. you know just better spine you know but they will get Fumimono back which will help um they've been playing without her at the moment so maybe that's why their attack isn't like gelling as well um but yeah I mean I I I thought the Titans prevailed in an increasingly greasy game I don't know <laughs> did it rain over the weekend down in Sydney but, Where, no um, I was at the, I went to I was at the um Wait, oh no, on, on Saturday, yeah, bored actually. I got it caught did? off guard okay, by that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it wasn't just handling errors, it was like snipers, you know, mm. this game. Yeah, like, no, people, it actually rained quite a lot on Saturday, yeah. either. So there you go. Yeah. But hey, um, you know, good for them. The, I, I just yeah. think, I, I mean, there's not much to talk about in the next game, but I mean, clear send off. Oh, hang on. Let's talk about the, um, the Sharks a little sure. bit as well. Okay. Um, so. Well, I mean, because they they did play well, you know, and they are getting the hang of it slowly, slowly. For me, I don't like Tonegato at six. Um, I would prefer her at fullback. Mm -hmm. I get it is the very simple idea of getting your best players on the ball a little bit, but she's very much like Kaelin Ponga for me. Um, And the the Newcastle experiment, I think, should have been signs of what not to do. Um, So I would really like to see her back at one. The problem is, is that they also have... Um, Robinson and Jada Taylor. Um, you know, I like them too, and they are more fullback. So I, I, I when don't. When's Taylor back? Because it... she was on an extended bench this week, but didn't play. So uh, I am not. I'm really not sure that she's the, a the reporting. Yeah, but the reporting around the um the injuries is just not yes, there yet true. in the NRLW. So we, I, I struggle with that at least. You know, yeah. um, not watching it as closely as I can. But um, I maybe. Maybe she's playing there just because they do have those two girls who can blow, both play fullback. And, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily want to put them on the wing. So I sort of understand it, but it's not it's not my pick, right? And then I'm also not that big on Quincy Dodd, and I haven't been for a while. They used to do, um, I don't know if you watched Origin over the last couple of years, but they used to do like a Keely Davis-Quincy Dodd rotation, um, a bit like Ben Hunt and um, Harry Grant. And... You know, now she gets to be a starting nine with the advent of more teams, but she's just a bit lackluster to be the person touching the ball the most. And that's where I think the Sharks are going to go wrong, right? Mm. Um, but the redeeming side, to give them a, a compliment sandwich, is that Taylor Preston rules, right? Like she has got one hell of a boot and she's got really good game awareness to kick in behind the line more frequently than you'd see in the NRLW, which I really like. Um, so I do think that the, the Sharks are on an upwards trajectory, but it's just not quite there yet you know yeah well Dodd was really good in that first game and I think that like that like if you don't like her having the ball having her being on the ball that much mm. it's problematic when they have a really good game where like it's kind of like if you were ever a fan of a team that had Mitch Rain on it and he had a good game where he scored <laughs> a couple of dummy half tries you're like that's probably not gonna be great for us in the long run but um yeah yeah, yeah a little bit um so yeah and uh it Another hangover of, of the um, the NRLW at the moment. Um, and I think I heard something earlier in the week um, about smaller balls being introduced to the NRLW, but I think it was horseshit. Mm. I'm not entirely sure. I really hope they don't do that because it won't fix what I think they want it to fix. If anything, I would ask that they play on a field 10 meters narrower, you know, like if you wanted to see mm. an increased quality product, right? But for me, the biggest thing is the the end of set kicks and you know and and options on the last right and and more penalty touch finders as well which they just don't seem to do at the moment but what i really liked in this game was that the sharks committed to it every time they got one and they they got there most of the time so i think we should 
get past that as like the next evolution of the NRLW. Yeah, it seems like um, the most logical like area for the skill, the sort of the skill gap to get bigger in the future. And it was it was all it was always going to be kicking. Like if even if we think back to the men's game of like um I think around about 2015 16 Cameron Smith was considered like a world class A plus goal kicker, right? He kicked it like 60% that season. And everyone was like, oh, he's an incredible goal kicker, you know? And now in less than 10 years, they kick it like 85% plus a week. And that's the level of consistency mm. that we expect now in the men's game. Well, that took 10 years in a league that was professional for 100. So at what point do we want the women to evolve and how long are we prepared to give them? You know, it's not going to change overnight, but it will increase very rapidly. I think the game um, has improved so much in the in the small amount of time that we've had. But since oh, the ab- absolutely. And um, unfortunately, it's just caught in that space at the moment, you know, without getting too high horsey about it, but it's really caught in that space where it can't, if you're too polite about it, you're patronizing. And if you're too critical, it's a tough, it, lo- it's a tough line to toe. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, um, people don't know how to dissect it well. Right. Mm. So it comes off as one or the other. And it's like, it's obvious that it's not going to be the exact same game as the men's game. And we don't want it to be either because if we wanted the replica of what we already had, why would, why would we not just add more teams to the comp that we already have, you know? Mm. So I, I think, um, you know, it's still a little bit too reliant on individual playmakers as evidenced in, in, in some of the games this week, but I think overall it's on the improvement, but we still need to hit the balance of talking about it at a level of respect that it deserves in order to make it better. You know, like there's no more pride band-aids for these girls. Like no. same with the, same with Matildas, you know? And, um, and I think a couple of people online have been really good at, you know, talking about that. You know, a couple of the guys that are, are frequently on the show are really good at it. Another guy that I really read a lot of that I'm very interested in his opinion is Liam of Pythago NRL. Um, he uh, only talks about the Queensland NRLW team. So, you know, he's, half on the ball but um yeah he his assessment of the game kind of matches the level of of assessment that i would expect moving forward from everybody and um you know the one thing that the comms could do from a wider point of view as well is um you know not necessarily just put female commentators on female games and you know female panelists and female you know talk show hosts and all of that i think that the game will have reached its point when it deserves to have jonathan thurston or cameron smith dissect it yep, you know completely agree and, with that and in return, you know, Alana Ferguson or, or Ruan Sims or whomever of better quality that will eventually come through could start to dissect the men's game perhaps and commentate on the men's game. And that's when you know that we will have reached. I think that's a really good point. And yeah, it's, it's it's not something that I hope is too far away. But um, yeah. No, I don't think this, we are. So Yeah, I completely agree with all, all of those points. And yeah, it's it's obviously for me as someone who's covered women's sport for like a decade plus, in, in whether it's the cricket, the or now just rugby league, but and, and the and the Matildas in the past, like you do run into mm. those obstacles from time to time, and you just kind of like you just have to you, you just have to accept there are people out there who will never tolerate criticism of of women's sport. <laughs> yeah, but I, I hope I hope that we. But can those spend people, a bit those of time. those people are getting lesser and lesser as we as we mm. get more and more mm. professional and stuff, which I think is yeah, good... and I. And I hope we can spend a little bit of time now, like talking about those games at the same level that we talk about, you know, the men's Well, I think already well, this year for the for these first three weeks, we spent far more time on NRLW than we did last yeah. season. And, and we still have two games to go. Hopefully, well, one really, because Knights Eels send off. Yes. How good. <laughs> um, Spear tackles are back, baby. Yeah. Uh, um, 
look, I, I mean, to, no to... arguments from me, none at all. No, no, clear, clear send off. That um, was more of a send off than Mofo's one. Yeah, and it was probably even more of a send off than the bite, you know. Mm. So, what a what a shame that she wasn't the um the first official send off of the uh, NRLW. But yeah, uh, very obviously, it's a very unfortunate tackle that got away from her. Look, and... no, no, no malice, but you still tipped someone under their head, you know. So like, you can't do anything about it. I think I think the Knights didn't look challenged by the Eels at all. Not in at this all. Game, you know, the Eels were too sideways, um, too individualized in their attack. You know, like um, reminded me of when I used to play touch footy, you know, casually with a whole bunch of dudes, and when they didn't know what to do on the last, they just kick for themselves. Um, <laughs> Shades, shades of that in this game. Like I would rather see Parramatta with more of a cohesive team attack. You know, um, in the last attacking set before the half, for example, uh, the fullback was solo on the short side. Like, why are you standing there? Like, wrap back around and support. You know, because the ball only had one direction to go. So she, I don't know whether she was just yearning for halftime or whatever. But it, I mean, unfortunately, it left to you know, a panic kick on the last, you know, that was too deep because the options weren't there, you know. So I think a little bit of inconsistency there. And it was funny because um, the stats were almost identical at halftime, you know. Um, line breaks, tackles, um, possession, all of that was actually fairly even between the two mm. teams, um, except for the fact that Newcastle had an extra, you know, 12 or 14 points on the board. So Points is an important New- stat. Funny, funny that um, a very, very wise man once said, "If you score more points, you win the game." Um, mm. And I've, I've tried to stay true. Words to, that. to live by. Yeah, yeah, I've tried to think back to that every time I think, "What should I do? Score more points." Yeah. You know? um, that is the quality rugby league analysis yeah. that well, people you, come for. You right? talked about the talked about the evolution not being not being confined to a single gender. Yeah, Raiders DNA also not confined to a single gender <laughs> as as the Valkyries did their best to throw this away. A really good game in the end. I think the Tigers were really up against it. They lose Bo to a HIA. Um, and obviously that's just so much of their attack gone in one fell yeah, swoop. Yeah, I know but you I know you love Bo very well. So um, much. But Yeah. I love Bo too, don't get me wrong, but like if I had to pick an island to be stranded on it would be Aitken Island. That's but, fair. Um, but um, but that's okay. Look, the Tigers lead the comp at the moment um, in triases through Bo, right? And um, and off- offloads through Chris Pio. And, um, you know, I think the leading try scorer, hopefully still at the end of this weekend, if not for Melee, would be Tafuga, right? Mm-hmm. So um, they've obviously got the ammo in attack, right? But in D, they just get stretched a little bit too easily and the gaps are like a little too hard to cover. And I, I think a lot of the Raiders points were scored on like a lot of one-on-one efforts close to the line, you know? Um, they were basically just pulled, you know, it, it's quite simple rugby league when you, when you distill it down to its summer parts, you know, it was literally just pull the defense until there's a gap, put one-on-one, hopefully the bigger body gets over the line. So Canberra played a really, really smart game in that regard. You know, I um, have pained to give them credit even at NRLW, but they, they were, they were clever. And um, it seemed like a very even game, um, despite me thinking that the Tigers would absolutely have this covered. And um, I think, like I said, what I like about the Valkyries is that they play very direct and it's like nice short passes, nothing too complex and just great lines, you know. And uh, I think you can just play that sort of game at the moment and you'll find joy most of the time. Mm. It's simple game plans can work. Yeah, 100%. A lot of the time. Um, I will say though, like um, I, I still really rate the Tigers. I hope that Bo isn't um, too injured. I know Simon said in the game chat that he was afraid it was a knee injury, but I read online that she actually failed an HIA. She failed an HIA, time. so. Right. So I'm hoping that's the reason why she didn't get back on the field and not because of a recurrence of the knee injury. 
Um, but even even players like Kezi Apps is having a way, 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 way better season than she had last year. Absolutely. You know? Um the hit and spin for the for the first offload for the first try and, and then she scored the second one herself, you know. And I mean she even chased down that intercept after, you know, um after she I don't think she threw the pass. I think the the center outsider threw the pass and it was intercepted, but then she turned and chased it, which I don't think I've ever seen a second rower do. So that was pretty cool. Um, you know, she got binned for her troubles, but I thought it was borderline okay. I think, you know, it was well milked by Canberra. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Canberra got on the roll early, just a bit too hard for the, uh, for the, um, West Tigers to chase them down in the end. Good win rate. Hey, 80 win. minute game. Maybe they, maybe they could have got 70, it done. 70, no, I'm saying if it was an 80 minute game, oh, maybe they could have got it done. Yeah. Cause it seems like they maybe, didn't have time, but. maybe, maybe it did feel a little bit like that, but I, I will say without Bo, they did, they did struggle mm. a little bit, but, um, yeah, I, it pains me to say it. Good win Raiders. Indeed. Anyway, that's the end. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away. Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Simi Redradra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Redradra. All right, some news before we get out of here. Ryan Pappenhausen made his triumphant return to the rugby league field, and we we stretched the Boom Rookies budget to send our field reporter, M. Sprouster, <laughs> to that Sunshine Coast Falcons game on Saturday. How did that go? Um, so it was actually Gary's idea, which was really cool. Um, he was like, oh, yeah, we're not doing anything. Why don't we drive up the coast, right? And I actually hadn't been to Sunny Coast Stadium before, so um, another one ticked off the, the bucket list. Um, nice stadium, beautiful, like, it's got the hill, it's got, you know, the fairly short stadium on one side and then it's got the hill on all three sides like that and the sun sets over the lake and it's very pretty. Um, uh, when we got there, the uh, the Fireys were playing like a state of origin, like oh, yeah. New South Wales and Queensland Fireys, and someone got sent off. It was wild. Um, but, yeah, and then I could not believe how many people were there. So many Storm jerseys, so many random kids like wearing like Panthers jerseys and, and all sorts of other stuff, but there were a lot of people there. And apparently the the guys tell me that the Q Cup um, streaming website crashed as well. So a lot of people very interested in his return. And I thought he played pretty well. He did. Um, he played the first 40, uh, didn't come back on for the second half, but then I zoned out for a little bit. When I came back, he was on the field. So I think he played the last 10 minutes. Um, and he got absolutely swamped by the crowd at full That's time. That's good. Like, I like that. With... I've never quite seen anything like it. Like with five seconds to go in both the end of the first half and the, the full-time siren, like kids were already sprinting on the field before the game was actually called. Like it was incredible. And you couldn't see him in the end. There was like 500 people on the field, maybe like it was just crazy. Um, mm. But yeah, cool. You know, I, a bit of a downhill run. I understand that the uh, Ipswich jets are not very good. So a bit of a, a low, you know, target for him to, to aim up in but he, he set up the first one and he's um he's running and his shape looked really good he threw a couple of you know ugh, harbor bridge passes to you know channel his inner sam walker and uh and yeah and then he went off and and that was it so i don't think he'll be back this year um you know in first grade um i yeah, kind really. of actually don't think uh well i don't think it's worth it um unless something massive happens but like i Maybe this is my pessimism, right? But I kind of feel like the season's gone, so I don't want to risk him. Um, but, and I, I think if you've waited 13 months to make sure that somebody's okay, why do you rush them back, you know? But 
I, I'm not I'm not a decision maker, so I I don't know whether half a game in Q Cup beating down on last place is really you know enough to say that he's right to come back. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. A uh, lo- bit of other news. Some suspect. So Jerome Lewis escaped suspension, which mildly shocking yeah. to me. This was one of the worst high shots we saw all weekend, but he'll get away with just a fine. Um, yeah. I don't deign to understand who any of this works. I'm not going to get mad about it. I don't care. It doesn't really affect me because if he got suspended, it'd only be for a couple of weeks anyway. It'd be back for the finals. It's not really going to affect Penrith yeah. if they don't have Luai for these next couple of weeks, is it? They're still going to win. They'll have him back no, when it matters I, regardless, so whatever. Yeah, I like I said in the in the review. But I also, was, again, thought it was a lot worse than most of the other ones that we saw this oh, week. It, it was diabolical and it deserved a simbin at the time, right? But now that he hasn't been simbin and my team lost the game anyway, kind of thing, I care less, you know, whether it's a fine or, or, or what have you. But I certainly don't think it's grade one. I don't know how they figured that. No, nor do I. Uh, Tom Burgess was not so lucky. He will miss the next three games, so he won't be back for yeah. Souths until um, until the finals, maybe. <laughs> if, how if grim is it that I'm like, that? oh, yeah, that's like, how grim is it that I'm now like, oh, well, if we make it, then we mm, will see yeah. Tom Burgess back, which, you know, doesn't seem good, but I think we'll still yeah, make look, it. Yeah, look, I'm, 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 I'm not a massive fan of the, the Burgi, but um, I... Yeah, has not been playing yeah. well later. Lately, he has so. been, and it was just, it was just tired mistake kind of swinging bullshit. You know, it just it happens sometimes. You know, so yep. yeah, he gets these. And weeks Mofo and Nathan he... Brown are both facing one or two weeks. So. Yeah, fair. It is also it was Tom's like third offense, which is not good. But yes. the thing is, it was also Luai's third offense. So I don't understand. Whatever, who gives a shit? I don't well, fucking care. Uh, yeah, There's no point getting mad at that stuff. Well, we could spend 20 minutes arguing about how we don't think it's right, but at, at the end of the day, I I can't keep up with how... I thought I had a good grip on how they did it. Um, You know, do it once, you get a fine. Do it twice, get a fine. Do it three times, you get loading, right? Like, I, I, I understood that. But now that the grades don't seem to line up and the the quote-unquote consistency that we want is not there every week, I'm, I'm pained to try and figure out what's going on in the minds of them, you know? Mm, absolutely. All right, I think that will do us. Long one, but I enjoyed it. Had a good time. I'm sure people enjoyed listening to that, uh, especially the South and Melbourne bits. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we're that miserable. I think both yeah. of us are pretty good at riding the highs when we're good and sort of not get... I, I always say this to people. I'm like, you, you've got to enjoy the highs like 10 times more than you sort of get down in the dumps about the lows because there's always going to be more lows than highs when you support a football team. Only only one gets to win at the end of the season. And you know what? Exactly. You can always let it always let it put you in a good mood if something good happens, but never let it put you in a bad mood if something bad happens. So you've just got to... Words, words to live by. Thank and you. I think people have had enough of um, hearing me, you know, dance on other people for a while. Like, good to mm. good to have M knock down a few pegs that people are saying, I think. That's, that's, that's what they're saying on the streets to me. That's, that's I, I can saying. hear them right now, yeah. Yeah, all the people in the in the bung gang that, that stopped me in the street. Um, and before we get out here, <laughs> quick thank you to the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon subscription service, patreon.com forward slash everybrookers if you'd like to support us. You get a third show every week, which will be you this week on Question Time, as well as some other random bonus episodes. We just did a Greatest Games, Cowboys Broncos 2016 one. I access to our Discord server, entry into next year's Culture and Cup, where you could also win like m ones did and um, plenty more. So thank you to Chris Abnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Where's Wayno, Alex Sergio Comey, Bruce the Palm, Butsy, Call Me, King of the Mountain, 
Chewbacca, Snuffleupagus, Dan Cullinane, David, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Ed Burton, Frankie, Horsman Scores, but Jace Felix Farnworth, Jason Joe, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, Kick South out of the comp, Lachlan Hancock, Lockie Lewis in the news, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles Smidmore, Maddie Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Michael Gunter Glieben, Glauken Globen, Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, my name is Matt Bungard, and I love Taylor Swift, my ding ding dong is hard and I am sad, never trendy, Pat McManus, Raymond the Jukebox Stone Gossard, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, see you in Vegas, Shunter, tough night to take your hoe to go and eat seven. Ty, the black vegetable, the combat vehicle returns. The roosters clucked around and found out. Thor, Tom Hardy, was and Westlife's podcast. Thank you so much for your support to everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. They get wilder everywhere. I'm enjoying the ride that the patrons take me on twice a week. Every uh, week. Do you enjoy saying, Sorry. my name is Matt Bungard and I'm a Taylor Swift fan every week? I like Taylor Swift. I'm seeing her in Wembley. I told you that. Oh, did you actually get tickets? Yeah. Tales of, Par- Tales of Swift and Paramore in, in, in London next year. Going. What? So, yeah. I, uh, yeah. That doesn't that doesn't seem fair. Um, what, that I'm going to leave I... after Paramore? <laughs> I think you'd actually kill me. I think you would genuinely kill me. I actually me. would. Do you um, know? No, uh, not. Sorry, not, not to make this go any longer than it already has. No, but fine. um I have I have been um my my project over the last couple of weeks um has been ever since we got tickets has been um learning how to sew my own costume for it. Oh yeah. What are you gonna make? Um, so I'm making her fearless dress like the gold shimmy dress that she wears okay. on stage, which will mean absolutely nothing to anybody who listens. But um, I haven't sewn anything since I was in primary school. So I'm very challenged at the moment, but it's good fun. And there is glitter everywhere in my house. Yes. Oh, that that's that's great. I mean, I've got dog hair everywhere, so we've so, all got problems. Oh, well, yes. But all I'm saying is that if you are going to go see Paramore and Taylor Swift, I insist that you dress up. Because I'll, I'll have to run it by Charlie. It's it's her. It's I her insist that so. she dresses up too. I'm so, sure she'll know, be. Like, well, oh. mate, she she's going in a she's on a Taylor Swift tear. She started wearing red lipstick. I don't know if I should be worried that she's going to write a song about me, but um, <laughs> who could blame her? Who could blame her at this point? Anyway, all right, we'll be back on Wednesday. You will be back to do question time, so that's exciting. I will. Uh, Please we'll ask me some questions, such on... as um, name every player. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah. Na- oh, you like that band? Name three. Oh, you songs. like? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be fair, Taylor Swift's about the only artist you could get away with saying you like, and those exact dudes would not press you on it. They'd be like, "Yeah, of course." I reckon. I reckon if I was pressed, I could name all two hundred. I'm sure you could, but let's not do that right now. Maybe, no, maybe no, on no, Wednesday. No. I, Somebody else getting questions. I swear to God, if one of you does that, I will kill you <laughs> and delete your subscription. All right, say goodbye, Em. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me.